Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to the For the Win podcast. I am your new host, Charles Curtis. How are you guys doing? Uh, I'm replacing our dearly departed Luke Curtinine, uh, who normally hosts the podcast. He is off to figure out better things uh, beyond For the Win. And I'm here talking to uh, my usual partner that we do our Monday podcast with, Stephen Ruiz, to talk about NFL football and NFL playoff football. What's going on, Stephen? I'm good. I, I wrapped up uh, the Picks Championship between us. Me, you, and Luke. I think that's why Luke left, just so you can avoid the shaming I was going to give him for losing the race. How many games did you win by? Uh, I think I ended up winning by four. I think we tied this week. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah, that was a big, intense uh, battle. Maybe not for, for all of our listeners. For, for us, it definitely was. Uh, and I was I was out of that competition because I was just off the year. But at least I can hang my hat on the fact that Kareem Hunt won a rushing championship something that i said to steven and luke back in september and they laughed but so that's the only thing i can hang my head on i'm fine with that that was a that was a great prediction that beating you and luke isn't really all that impressive in my opinion <laughs> because you're that smart that's see that's the thing anyway we're going to talk today about uh, uh the wild card playoffs coming up in the nfl and uh, uh i wanted to jump in with with something that is near and dear to my heart, obviously fantasy football. Um, and I do some playoff picks uh, uh, for fantasy in some leagues where the rules are different. So in the context of that, I'll be talking a little bit about the, you know, the fantasy implications for the players. I actually just did a post on for the win uh, with it, um, which was sort of telling readers how to kind of strategize for the playoffs where you're not going head to head, but you're accruing as many points as possible uh, to out, point your uh your opponents and that means that you're sort of not picking necessarily the best players but rather the players that you think will play multiple games have you have you done anything like this steven i probably did uh like 10 years ago but i haven't done it since yeah it's a lot of fun so with that in mind let's get into wild card weekend it's uh, uh i actually really think that this this wild card weekend's close like a lot of games i think we're gonna, uh, gonna end up being close and i'm sure the nfl will love that um, so, uh, what's your like overall feeling right now about the sort of the playoff picture now that it's set? Uh, I don't think much has changed. Uh, the AFC, I still think, is between two teams, and I think that's become uh, more clear over the last two weeks with the Jaguars struggling. I think it's Steelers, Patriots, and the NFC. I'm still, I still have no idea what to expect, just because you have Nick Foles starting for the number one seed. You have Case Keenum, who has been good, but. He's had a couple games that have been shaky, and maybe you go up against a good, a better team like the Saints, and you know they punish you for that. And then every team in the wild card is just, I think, can be beaten. I, this might be crazy to say, but I think the Saints are the prohibitive favorite in the NFC right now. See, I, I totally agree with you. I, I think that the Saints are the the most well-rounded team. The problem is they have to get through Carolina. They are playing at home, and we can start off with that game. I mean, I, I am with you. I think the Saints are a lock in my mind as the number one team right now because of that shaky situation uh, at quarterback for the number ones and two seeds. You can't discount Minnesota's defense, but but they have to get by Carolina first, and that to me is the problem. Do you, and obviously you're Panthers fans, so you can speak to this, but the Panthers on a really good day are a team that could beat the Saints. Yeah, they're they're inconsistent and. But I, I'm I'm down on them going into the playoffs just because the receiver situation is just it went from bad to worse as the season went on. I think trading Benjamin was actually a a, a good move, but now this team doesn't have the number a number one guy, and 
and they lost their number two guy in Curtis Samuel. Or he was supposed to or number three at least. Devin Funches isn't a number one. They lost uh Demir Bird. Now they're forced to throw to Bretton Burson on on third down in key situations. This is Cam Newton just doesn't have the receivers to function in this offense as a passer. He's not accurate. We know that, but it's even harder to be accurate when you're throwing into tight windows because your receivers can't create separation. I'm also factoring in the fact that that Funchess will probably be covered by uh, Marshawn Lattimore, and and he's going to get taken out completely. So where where does where does he go? Right? You talked about the other receivers there, and I I watched a little bit of that game. Um, just don't tell my wife we, we were at a, a New Year's place, and I kept glancing up at the screen, and, and uh, hopefully she didn't notice. Anyway, but um, uh, you know, I was staring at that game, going like, all right. After Funches, who is there? I mean, Greg Olson obviously is there, but he can be taken out um, uh, by, by New Orleans linebackers. I don't see – I see that as, as being a huge problem. And, and defensively, Carolina has been very, very good. I just don't know if they can deal with that that uh, double-headed monster at, at, at running back, right? Yeah, that's uh, – Carolina has been good against against the run. Their problem has been giving up bigger runs, and I think, and that happened in the last Saints game. They gave up, a, I think, it was a seventy-two yard run to to Mark Ingram of all people, and they had so much trouble covering uh, Alvin Kamara on the on the screen passes on third down. He he converted a couple of those. So yeah, I don't I don't know if they have if they have the manpower to you know stop those guys. One of the things that I've noticed the last couple of weeks has been. Uh, poor tackling by the secondary, and I think that's going to be the key to this game because Drew Brees is do- doing a lot of, you know, he's not thinking and dunking and checking down every time, but he's throwing it short. They're not really asking him to stretch the field as much as he has in the past, so I think tackling is going to be the key to that game. If the Panthers can tackle and Cam Newton has a monster game, I think they can beat the Saints, but I just don't see both of those things happening. Right, and I also think that... Uh... You know, playing on the road—that's that's another tough thing. And 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 although the Panthers have been good against running backs, uh, they still have to face a, 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 a pair of running backs who do all kinds of things differently. Um, and Alvin Kamara being healthy and going in the the way that he's going in after such a monster season, I, I see him as having one of those big kind of like uh, eighty yards on the ground and and another you know sixty through the air with with five mm-hmm. or six catches. I mean, that's that's going to be tough. How do you feel as a Panthers fan? Are you just sort of resigned to the fact that this may this may happen? Yeah, I, I've accepted. I've accepted a tough game. I'm expecting to lose. Uh, I thought I was hoping they'd get the Rams. I thought that was a team they could beat. I don't see them beating the Saints on the road against Drew Brees. Again, for fantasy purposes, I'm treating the Saints as like my big sleeper team in that. You know, you want to pick as many games as possible. You want to have players who are playing the most games as possible. So the Saints players may not be ranked as high as, say, Patriots and Steelers players who are going to potentially play three total games in the playoffs. But imagine the Saints make it to the Super Bowl. You've got players who are playing in four games, and that's a ton. You're going to accrue a ton of points that way. I love Kamara. I love Ingram. Um, I, I think, obviously, you got to consider... Um, you know their number one receiver as as you know a top three guy behind maybe uh, probably behind the the Patriots Brandon Cooks guys like that uh, and and yeah Drew Brees same thing like I, I don't think he's necessarily the Drew Brees he once was but the style of play that he's had this year he's getting the ball into his receivers hands and his running backs hands and he'll get points that way mm-hmm. I th- yeah I think if you're, you're if you the strategy is finding 
guys that are going to play a lot and produce, I think the Saints are the team to hit if you're playing postseason fantasy. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and I was thinking of Michael Thomas. I don't know why it blanked on the name for a second. Uh, let's look at the other NFC game, uh, Atlanta and the Rams. I I think this is actually closer than – I feel like you're going to tell me that the Rams are, are going to win, win this one you know, running away. I've had no faith in Atlanta all year, and yet I keep looking at this game, and, and, and I that like feeling comes over me like – I don't know. It's, you know, Rams, you know, it's Jared Goff's first playoff game. It's, you know, Matt Ryan's experience. Like, do you, does that not you, or are you just like laughing at me and being like, no, no, the, the Falcons are going to get blown out? No, I think that's definitely a factor. And I think that's the only reason I stop myself from just picking the Rams, blowing this team out. Cause I don't think the Falcons are, are that great. And I think, I think what we saw on Sunday, their defense, you know, coming up big, I don't think that's going to, happened against Sean McVay. I, I, we're comparing Sean McVay to Mike Shula, who's who's not very creative. I think he takes advantage of that Falcons defense just because it's – the Falcons don't do a lot on defense, so I think it makes it easier for them. It, it's going to make it easier for McVay to like, draw up these crazy plays he's been drawing up all year to take advantage of their weaknesses. I think I don't think the Rams are going to have any trouble scoring. The, the question is, will the Falcons be able to keep up? See, I think they will in a way, and and that's that's where I think if you're if you're the gambling sort, and that's something you and I are going to write about later this week. I think you take the over on this game, and I haven't checked what it is yet, but I, whatever it is, I I think I have to take the over because I can imagine like a a thirty six thirty three kind of game uh, mm-hmm. where the Rams prevail. Um, uh, but yeah, the 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 thing that that bugs me about the Falcons mostly is that their defense is just up and down every week. And they could have one of those up days, and it could be a really tight game, especially if you have, uh, you know, a first-time quarterback in, in in the playoffs. And you know, Sean McVay, like, obviously it shouldn't be a factor. He should be the the NFL coach of the year. But man, the guy's what thirty-one, <laughs> you know. And I just think to myself, like, I don't know, is that a factor too? Um, but I'm thinking of things that are that are outside the realm of football. Really, when you look at the, this game on paper, the Rams should absolutely win this. It's just a question of um, do they keep it close or do they end up putting like a fifty spot up on the board. Yeah, I no, I agree. I, I agree about your take on uh, the over. I, I think Atlanta's going to have a lot of success, especially on the ground. The, the Rams have they have a good defense, but they haven't been able to stop the run. And you have Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman there. Obviously, I think if Steve Sarkeesian is smart enough to just lean on the run and only pass when uh, off play action and when you have to pass, I think they keep it close. I think they score a lot of points. And the crazy thing is, is if you're thinking about fantasy, the winner of this game gets to face the the Eagles, which is not necessarily uh, a ticket to the NFC Championship game. But you're looking at the Eagles with Nick Foles, like can they win a game? And so in my mind, I'm I'm leaning on the Rams to win this game from a fantasy perspective because then I I kind of hope that they they beat the the Eagles uh, on the road, which again. That's that's a big tall task given what we saw the Eagles do with Nick Foles. Um, I just think there's a, a better chance. Obviously, not they don't have Carson Wentz. Uh, I really like Todd Gurley. How can you not? The guy was the best uh, player in fantasy last uh, this past season, and he'll just. I think they're just going to feed him the ball, and the guy catches passes and runs like crazy. Uh, uh, so I expect a big day from him, no matter who the opponent is. Yeah, and, and the Falcons have had trouble covering running backs out of the backfield. They're 21st in. Uh, de- defensive DVOA against running backs on passing plays. Yeah. So yeah, they've had trouble. So I-, I expect him to bust a couple of those screens he's been taking to the house like all season long. 
That's been really the major story for me for Todd Gurley is Todd Gurley, the, the pass catcher. Like, and that's one of my favorite things that, that happens in fantasy is a guy like that who you think, oh, well, he's a two-down back guy maybe. You know, and he's caught some passes in the past, but like at this volume, uh, you know, as if he is a third-down back, like it's absurd. And that's the – he's not like a player like Tamara or Chris McCaffrey who's a guy that you can like line up out wide. He's going to run like crisp routes. Right. That's been all Sean McVay and – his screen passes are like intricately designed. They're crazy. They're hard to defend. I, I, the Falcons are one of those defenses that, you know, that what makes them so good is their energy and they they flow fast to the ball. It's just like 11 guys are on the ball. And those, those defenses can be taken advantage of with screen passes. And I think that's going to happen a lot. That's a good observation. I was thinking of the swarming defense that, that was great for what two quarters last year, you know, you constantly saw them to the ball, you know, uh, making plays, uh, so I'm, I'm very impressed. Uh, all right, we're going to move on to the next game. But before we do, let us hear from our sponsors. Support for the For the Win podcast comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. They understand that home plays a big role in your life and family. That's why they created Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. It's simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your 10th, with Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. It's convenient. Our trusted partners allow you to share your financial information with Rocket Mortgage at the touch of a button. And in addition to getting a real mortgage approval in minutes, you can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you're getting the right solution for you. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash FTW. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. All right, we are back talking about the NFL playoffs with the wildcard weekend coming up uh, this Saturday. We just talked about the NFC. Let's move on to the AFC. Let's start with a Buffalo game, uh, Buffalo-Jacksonville, which is kind of a quirky little matchup because this is two teams that just like to run a lot, and they're going to run a lot, and we'll see if LaShawn McCoy is healthy enough. I just saw a report that said that he is uh, a game-time call, and, and it's going to be a close one for him to start. So for fantasy purposes, I am staying so far away from LaShawn McCoy, especially in leagues where you, if you set your lineup for the playoffs, that's it. And so I, I don't want a goose egg every week, assuming if, if, the, if the, uh, the Bills can beat Jacksonville. But... Do you think the Bills can beat Jacksonville? Because I certainly do not. I think it all depends on uh, McCoy playing or not. Because both of these teams are pretty good against the pass, and they both struggle against the run. Although Jacksonville has been better since they got Darius from the Bills, ironically. They've been better against the run, but they're still not great against the run. So if if McCoy's there, then I think the Bills have a chance to put up – I think they can put up some points, maybe something around 20. And then I think it just comes down to stopping Leonard – Fournette, and then just hoping Blake Bortles continues being Blake Bortles. Right, and and to me, that is the story of the Jacksonville Jaguars in this postseason, is 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 what Blake Bortles is going to show up, which Blake Bortles is going to show up, because the guy had a pretty good end of the season. By the way, I was looking at, at a list of, of uh, uh, for the column I was doing, um, the 20th highest scoring player in fantasy football this year was Blake Bortles. Again, and this happens, this happened, what, two years in a row, three years in a row, where you, you laugh at Blake Bortles, and then, like, his numbers just somehow show up on paper. It's it's just a weird conundrum. Um, but, yeah, I, I kind of want to see. 
does Buffalo like get him to, to, to throw in three interceptions? If that happens, they've got a real shot because Buffalo, you know, we've laughed at Buffalo throughout the year. They snuck into the playoffs. And, and McCoy's health absolutely is a factor. I don't think Mike Tolbert can necessarily carry this team, uh, uh, unfortunately, against Jacksonville's stout defense. Yeah, that's – I don't – without McCoy, I don't think they really have a shot unless we see Bortles just implode like the Hoyer level a couple of years ago. Yeah. I, the only way that happens. And I, I don't I don't think we can just dismiss that happening, just how he's played the last two weeks. I think he's thrown five interceptions since uh, Clowney called him trash. He's lived up to that that evaluation from Clowney <laughs> since then, which we I don't think we were very surprised is that three game stretch where everyone was like, "Hey, look at Blake Bortles came against three bad defenses." So yeah, I'm not expecting much out of Bortles, but I just don't think they're going to have to get much out of him if McCoy doesn't play. Then they just hand it to Fournette all game long, just attack that Bills rush defense, which has been bad. And yeah. I think they they easily win this game like seventeen to seven. That seems about right. I mean, Darius, without Darius, they've been awful, and they've been gashed a billion times uh, by opposing runners. And, and yeah, Jacksonville, it's in terms of matchup, that's where they have to, to, to make their money is, you know, 35 carries or 40 carries for, for, for net uh, because this is what they're built for, and this is what they've been doing all season long. And um, one thing I pointed out in, in the post that I wrote about fantasy football in the playoffs is if you do pick a guy – on a team that is potentially one and done. And Jacksonville could be that team if there's an upset. Um, you have to pick the guy who's most explosive. I don't trust necessarily like a Marquise Lee, um, be, partially because of just the way that that, that receiving core is, is kind of balanced in its own way because they also have D.D. Westbrook and they also have um, Cole who emerged late in the season. So I'm kind of looking at it and saying, all right, Leonard Fournette's my guy. Got to ride with him. And also if they advance, they get the Steelers. And who knows, they could win that game too. Well, I think one thing you have to do if you're looking at the Jaguars from a fantasy perspective, I think you have to dismiss that three-game stretch where they play those bad defenses and look at the rest of the season because that's who they are. They're not that that team that put up all those points, Blake Bortles throwing all those touchdowns. That's not who they are. Keelan Cole's not going to catch two touchdown passes like he was during that stretch. I think you need to assess them. You need to look at them, take the big-picture look, look at the 16 games, what they did. Fournette's the guy – the only guy that I'm taking from that team. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's move on to that final game. We got the five-seeded Tennessee Titans against the number four seed Kansas City Chiefs. I think this is a much more intriguing matchup than maybe like Vegas thinks, um, just because it's partially the Andy Reid uh, factor in me that I just can't get past the fact that the guy, you know, in the playoffs is just when he reaches the postseason, something happens. Um, and we get one of those situations where it's a two-minute drill and, and, you know, you're screaming at your television. And it happens time and time again. But I also <coughs> think that Kansas City isn't that great of a football team. Like, I think you've said it all season. Uh, if, if everyone's been listening to our Monday podcast, you've talked all about how Kansas City's offense can be figured out. It's all a lot of, of, of trickery and, and, and a lot of, you know, sort of plays that are – that it, it's the scheme, not the players – and Tennessee has shown to be feisty occasionally, and so I think this this isn't you know a slam dunk necessarily, even though they're on the road. Yeah, I, I actually agree with you. I've been down on the Titans all season long, but I think this is like their best possible matchup. Well, other than the Jaguars, actually, the, all the AFC wildcard teams are pretty bad, but the I think this is a good matchup for them. I think the Chiefs are the better team. I just think it's a good matchup for the Titans, just because the Chiefs are terrible against the run. Right. They're, ranked dead last in uh, 
defensive DVOA against the run. And they have they we've seen them have trouble with this kind of like it's a simplified scheme and it's but based off like you know backfield action it's a, it's kind of similar to the Chiefs where you, you see a lot of option plays with Mariota and a lot of uh, deep shots it's like the Texans what the Texans did with Deshaun Watson we saw that Chiefs defense just struggle to stop him I think he threw like five touchdown passes that game I think we're gonna see a similar a similar uh, matchup here, and we're going to see a higher scoring game than we all expect. And I think the Titans' defense has been playing better of late Yeah, last month. So I think they have a chance to at least slow down the Chiefs enough. And if they can get that running game going and Mariota doesn't make mistakes and he, he's hitting his receivers downfield, I think this the Titans have a real shot at beating the Chiefs in Arrowhead. I just saw the uh, a tweet uh, earlier this morning about uh, uh, the line, and it was started out at, at Chiefs minus seven, and now it's moved to minus eight, which means obviously people are are, are betting uh, on on the Titans here. And it, it, you know, I don't I don't even get that like a touchdown against the Titans, who actually almost won the division. Like, I'm not buying it. I'm just not buying it. I'm I'm taking the points, obviously. But you shouldn't listen to me about that. You should listen to Stephen uh, when it comes to picking those games. But I assume that you'll be agreeing with me, right? Yeah, I mean, I I got to think about this game a little more before I make that pick, but I'm leaning towards the Titans covering the spread. I think they're going to keep it closer than we expect, just because that Chiefs defense can be ran on, and you have a coach in Mike Malarkey who's willing to you know run the ball forty times. Yeah. Also, I reversed it right. So if if, if the line went down by one, uh, yeah, from betting right, they're they're right. It, so I have reversed that. But yeah, uh, from a fantasy perspective, I do not know what the heck to do with the Titans' running game. You know, Demarco Murray, I think, will be healthy enough to play in this game, and so you've got the the two headed uh, running back situation. Uh, Derek Henry, the moment that. Uh, DeMarco Murray is no longer a, a Tennessee Titan, and Derrick Henry is starting. The fantasy community is going to like do a, have a party because when when Murray's down, as we saw last week, you know, w- look what Derrick Henry does. So I'm kind of hoping that like I don't know, I don't know where to go from here. If you're forced into picking a player like I, I am in one league, you're forced to pick one player from each team um, uh, in in one uh, quirk of, of, of rules that I'm in. You know, I might take Henry. I just might for the explosivity uh, of it uh, because I don't, I'm not taking Mariota thinking that he could either lose this game or play just once more. Uh, and I'm, I don't know about, you know, uh, Richard Matthews, I guess. I don't know. Maybe maybe um, uh, their tight end. Maybe uh, I would go uh, that route. Delaney Walker. Yeah, I, I think I'd just avoid the Titans just because I don't – I wouldn't – I mean, I, I haven't played postseason fantasy, but I think my strategy would be avoiding just going uh, – with the assumption that the favorites are going to win, I wouldn't bank on an upset happening, and the Titans winning would be an upset, so I'd be afraid of taking any of those players. Totally agree with you. Uh, what I usually do with the team that I think is the, the least, or the two teams that I think are not that good in this league where I'm forced to pick a player from each team, I usually take that kicker or that defense and just hope that they just you know are terrible. And so I haven't wasted like a skill position spot on one of those guys. So we will see. Uh, any other thoughts before we, uh, we say goodbye? No, that's it. All right. We will be with you, I guess, next week to talk about uh, the uh, divisional round. And thank you guys for joining us and listening. Bye.